Hey, good morning, Journey, and thank you so much for joining us for church again today. The last few weeks, I've said two things that I'm going to say again today. One, uh, I cannot tell you how excited I am in the future to be back together as a church meeting together. I'm, I'm kind of getting tired preaching in an empty room, uh, but I know that I'm preaching to people. So I can't tell you how excited I am to be back together, but I also can't tell you how grateful I am for our production team, for YouTube, for Facebook, uh, for our web platform. I can't tell you how glad I am that we've been able to gather now for the eighth consecutive week online. We're not in the same room, but I believe we're together in the same spirit. I know we're together on the same mission. So thank you from wherever you might be all over the world today for joining us again for church on this Sunday as March turned into April and April has now turned into May. Uh, You know, the state of Missouri is beginning to slowly reopen its doors. Our communities are trying to figure out uh, how they're going to reopen, and people have started asking me. Our team has begun to meet to figure out when our church is going to be able to gather together as a church again now that the state is slowly uh, opening back up. And if you would ask me, Christian, when, when are we going to have church again in person? When can we come to church again in person? My, my answer, I think, simply to you would be not yet. Um, not yet. As we began to look at the social distancing guidelines that govern what it looks like to meet together, uh, we just don't believe we can do church for the reason that we do church together at this time. So for the month of May, we will continue to be online only in the month of May. Say, Christian, why would you do that? Because we don't believe the primary purpose of church is just to sit in a room and watch worship and teaching. We believe the primary purpose we come together is to be together. Uh, And we are not able to do that right now. We are massively grateful for the opportunity to be able to have worship. We're grateful for the opportunity to be able to to have teaching online like we've been able to have. Uh, And it's clear that the church is not on lockdown. The church is not quarantine. The church is a movement that right now is in some ways experiencing revival. There's not been a Sunday yet that we haven't been able to worship the God of heaven, that we haven't been able to teach scripture, that we haven't been able to talk about Jesus. Almost every Sunday, someone has made a spiritual decision. There's not been a week gone by that there's not been discipleship and community being done in our church. There's not been a week that's gone by that people aren't being cared for. Uh, Last month in April at our church alone, we had more than 2,000 Zoom calls that took more than 100,000 minutes of people connecting with each other in discipleship community. So we know church is being done. It's just not being done with people in the same room at the same time. And we believe when we come together, we come together not so we can be sitting in the same room watching worship and teaching. We come together so we can be together. We come together so that we can love one another. We come together so that we can serve each other. We come together so we can care for each other. We come together so we can have our children go to a group of people who love them and teach them at their level who Jesus is. And all of those reasons that we come together, we are not able to do right now. So we're going to continue doing church online. We believe with the current social distancing guidelines that if even half of the people in our church, let me say this real clear, if even half of the people in our church were ready, willing, able, not afraid to come back to our church next week, if half of our church was ready to return to in-person services, that church at Journey would look something like this, probably 10 to 12 services of between 60 and 75 people sitting in an auditorium with rows six feet apart, six feet from any other family, wearing a mask, not able to talk to anyone while you're in the building, 
coming into the building one family at a time in a single file line, exiting the building one family at a time in a single file line, no children's ministry offered through the month of May according to the guidelines that the governor has asked us to keep, and, and please don't use the bathroom if you can hold it. That, that is what church would have looked like if we would have opened May 17, May 24, May 31. So we said we're going to continue to have an online church until we can not just be in the same place, but be together for the purposes we believe God has called us to be together as a church. At the same time, as we look at the quarantine guidelines that we have right now, the social distancing requirements and our ministry calendar, we've made a very, very hard decision, a heartbreaking decision for me, um, that we are going to both cancel our student camp this year that would have happened the first week of June in Panama City Beach, Florida, and our vacation Bible school kids camp uh, experience the second week of June with the social distancing requirements and what those ministries require and the number of people that are engaged in those ministries they're just not going to be able to happen this year. Uh, That is a heartbreaking announcement for me to make. This will be the first summer since 1990, when I was a sixth grader, that I have either not gone to a youth camp or led a youth camp. It'll be the first one in 30 years, first summer in 30 years that I've had with no camp, but but that is what's required of us in this season. You say, Christian, what are we going to do for the seniors? We are planning when we can figure out when we're allowed to do a very, very, very special event for all of our seniors. I believe that they will do something when then they look back in the future of their life um, will have been better than what youth camp would have been for them. It might be in the late summer. It might be in the fall. could be over Christmas break, depending on when we can do something. But we're going to plan something very, very special for our seniors. And we're going to try to do a very big kids event this fall so that all of our kids and families can experience the impact that a vacation Bible school might have had, but at a time when it's safe and healthy and responsible to do that for everyone. Folks, that's bad news, but we believe we serve a good God and we're just trusting him in this process. Our elders and finance team also believe that in 2020, because it's such a unique year, that we should take all of the budget that we had for our summer youth camp, all of the budget that we had for our summer kids experience, and we should this year shift that over to benevolence so that we can meet the needs uh, in our church that people have, real needs that they're going to have between now and the end of the year, just so they can live life because of the things that have happened in their life, people who've lost jobs, people who need help. So the summer of 2020 is going to look different. May is going to be online only, and folks probably we need to take a deep breath and settle in. It could be even longer before we're back together as a church, but we don't want to gather until we can really have church, not just sit in a room with other people that we can't touch, talk to, pray with, um, have community with, but until we can have church, until our kids can have a kids ministry experience. Um, and that, and that may be a little bit. So take a deep breath. Let's lean into Jesus. Um, and we'll try to keep moving forward. You know, I love to process bad news to a good God with prayer. So before we jump into today's text, I'm going to ask you to pray with me, and, and we're going to pray kind of a prayer of lament, meaning we're, we're going to kind of not cry out to God, but just cry to God and say, God, this is not where we want to be, but we trust you. So would you, wherever you are, would you just bow your heads and pray with me before we jump into today's message? God, Lord, we are, uh, Lord, we're heartbroken. Um, we're annoyed. Uh, Lord, we, we can be growing bitter. Lord, it's a, it's a hard pill to swallow to look at another month that we're going to be doing 
church online. I mean, we're great. We're grateful for the technology. We're grateful that we can do it. We're grateful that it can happen. Uh, But Lord, when we look at plans that are being upended, ours are not any more important than anything else going on in the world. Uh, But Lord, it just kind of breaks our hearts. So we lament to you. Uh, Lord, we give you our plea and we anticipate that it will turn into a praise. We don't know when that's going to happen, but we know who will make it happen. We don't know what's next, but we do know who's near. So God, we just pray you'd be near to us in this season as we continue to learn what it looks like to press into Jesus in difficult times. Help us. Uh, Lord, comfort our hearts. Pray for our seniors who are going to miss their youth camp experience. Pray for kids and kids workers who are going to miss our vacation Bible school experience. But at the same time, Lord, I thank you for families that will be able to be helped the rest of this year who probably would not have been if we'd have done those experiences. Lord, we trust you. We know you know all things, that you're in charge of all things, that you work all things for good. Uh, We're just going to cling to that, Lord, until we see it with our own eyes. And we ask these things today in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen and amen. Hey, we're in Luke chapter 4. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 4. Today's going to be a special day of, uh, of not just learning scripture, but kind of hearing from some people in our church about what this quarantine season has been for them as we've been trying to quarantine with Jesus. As you move to Luke chapter uh, 4, let me remind you that you can continue to give. Let me say one of the things that's allowed our church to act responsibly is how our people have been giving. Thank you. Uh, It's very, very clear that those of you who are still receiving a paycheck who go to our church are still giving. Uh, The month of April ended and we had more money come in than we spent, which was just goal number one. Lord, just help us to keep our heads above water. So thank you for the way that you have given. If you're brand new and you haven't been able to give yet because you've been waiting to come back to church and you realize it might be a little bit now, here's some ways you can give online on our website. You can text to give. You can give through our mobile app. You can also, um, if you want, just write a check, send it in the mail once a week. Our ushers check it um, and they count it just like uh, it was given in the offering on Sunday. But thank you for your giving. Your faithful giving has allowed us not only to act responsibly and not desperately, but allowed us to plan on keeping to doing good, good ministry as we move through May and into the summer. We've been in a series called The Waiting Room. What do you do when you don't know what to do? Maybe better put, um, what do you do when there's no place to go? How do, you, how do you use the time well? We didn't choose this time, but we want to use this time. How do we make sure and not waste this time? We've been looking at a lot of stories that we're going to talk through later in the service, a lot of people who have been teaching us some things. But I've got two goals today as we begin to quarantine with Jesus. Here are my goals today. One, that we learn three life lessons from Jesus, three temptations, three answers to those temptations that are going to teach us three really valuable things. They're going to teach us three things we've been realizing the last 40 days, but maybe three things we need to learn for the next 40 days. And then we're going to talk through the realities of our quarantine season with Pastor Ryan, Pastor Mike, Pastor Scott. We're going to take everything we've learned and we're going to say, is it real? Has it worked for you? But we're going to start today in Luke chapter four by looking at the temptation of Jesus. Jesus' season of quarantine, according to the author Luke, went this way. Let's read Luke chapter four, verses one through 13 together. It says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan, that was the Jordan River, and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where he for 40 days was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them, he was hungry. The devil said to him, if you're the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, it's written, man shall not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I'll give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me and I can give it to anyone as I want to. If you worship me, it'll all be yours. And Jesus answered, it's written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. 
The devil then led him up to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here for it's written. He will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered and said, it is said, do not put your Lord, your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Now, for some of you, that's a familiar passage. For others of you, it's brand new, first time in your life you've heard about Jesus' 40 days in the wilderness. Our goal in this season, and this what we're calling between Easter and Pentecost, May 31, is to find Jesus every day. We've actually given you a reading plan called the Pentecost Challenge. Every day, uh, Monday through Friday, one chapter of Scripture. On Saturdays and Sundays, two chapters of Scriptures. And then two key questions. What do I see about Jesus or learn about Jesus in his church? And how does that make me want to worship Jesus? Uh, My prayer is that you have been finding Jesus in your season of quarantine. That's our hope. That's our direction. That's what we're trying to resource you to do. Some of you say, I'm not really sure how to do that. I don't really know how to study the Bible. I love how our ministry team at our church every day on Facebook, Daily Prayer at Noon, has just been revealing what they've been seeing about Jesus, what they've been learning about Jesus, how they've been worshiping Jesus. If you haven't yet found out how to see Jesus in this season, begin to read the Pentecost Challenge, get on with our team, daily prayer at noon for 15 minutes. I promise you'll be able to do that. But today, I don't want to find Jesus in our quarantine. I want to find him in his. And today, I want to walk through 40 days in the wilderness with Jesus really quickly to learn some lessons. And then I want to talk to Pastor Mike, Pastor Scott, Pastor Ryan, and say, okay, we learned these lessons from the Bible. How have those been being applied to our life? As we look at the life lessons that Jesus teaches us in the desert, we learn, number one, don't rush God's timetable. Don't rush God's timetable. I saw this for the first time in my life, 42 years old in ministry nearly, now for 22, 23 years old. All three of the things that Satan asked Jesus to do, he could do, And he actually would do in the next three years. He would create bread in the wilderness for people who had nothing to eat. He could do that, and he would do that. He could gain authority over all the kingdoms of the world. He could do that, and he would do that. And he could prove to the world he was God's son, and God would raise him up if he was in a desperate position. He could do that, and he would do that. He just wasn't going to do it on Satan's timetable. And this week on the Activate Podcast, one of my favorite stories ever, I, I share what happens when we try to cook too quickly a meal that God has been preparing for us. I teach you how I taught my, different, uh, the, how I taught my daughter Casey the difference between ground beef and steak with an incident that went really, really wrong and show you how when sometimes you try to cook something too quickly that needs a little more time, you ruin everything. It's very possible that Jesus wants you to see something in three months of quarantine that you could not see in three years of life, but you can't rush his timetable. The second lesson that we learn in Jesus' 40 days in the wilderness is don't worship God's creation rather than God. Satan pulled up all the kingdoms of the world and said, you should worship these. And I think if the quarantine has revealed anything to me and to the people of our church, it's that some of us have set up some kingdoms some created things that we're worshiping instead of God. As a matter of fact, some of us have been back to church online for the first time in forever because the other kingdom fell down and we just don't have anything else to do. I think this quarantine season helps us realize what is a kingdom that God created for us to enjoy 
But what should we really worship? We talked about the gifts that God's given us, but when gifts become kingdoms, become gods, man, they make terrible gods and our world can be shaken. And then the third thing we learn from Jesus in the desert is believe in the goodness of God even when you can't prove it. Satan said, prove that God loves you. Throw yourself down, prove to the world. And Jesus says, I can't prove it yet, but I know it and I'm gonna trust it. God will prove it when he's ready. And a lot of us this time, a lot of us who love, a lot of us who love Jesus, a lot of us who believe God is sovereign, a lot of us who believe God's in charge, a lot of us who believe that good is going to come out of this, we believe that, but we can't prove it yet. And what we're learning in quarantine is to believe in the goodness of God, even when we can't prove it. But Jesus' temptation teaches us to trust that God will prove it when he is ready, that he's good, and that he can be trusted. Now, one of the ways we learn that is by sharing stories with each other. And I've had the opportunity the last eight weeks every week to meet with our ministry team and say, how you doing? How's God working? Uh, is everybody okay? And as I just continued to hear stories of how God was working in quarantine, I thought, man, I want our church to hear those as well. So what we're going to do now in our message is I'm going to invite Pastor Mike, Pastor Ryan, Pastor Scott to join me. And we're going to talk through some of the realities of this, how you can trust the goodness of God, even when you can't prove it with your life, the little things that allow you to trust the goodness of God. Um, so sit back and get ready to enjoy some learning from some of our ministry team as we talk together about how God has been working in this quarantine. So guys, thanks so much um, for joining me today. It's, it's been all month long encouraging to me to talk to you guys about some of the things that, that we're trying to learn from Jesus today, right? If, if we would have looked at this screen the first Sunday of kind of stay-at-home church, March 15th, and we would have said, don't rush God's timetable. I think we would all said, yeah, that's good spiritual truth, but I don't think we could have believed, believed it for eight weeks. And I, I think we would have all said, yeah, that's true, but not for eight weeks. Yeah, here we are eight weeks later. And I think life lesson number three is, is also something we would have said, we believe that. Believe in the goodness of God even when you can't prove it. I think we all would have said on March 15th, this is true. Looking now eight weeks backwards, what I've heard from you guys is this is true. God has continued to be good. Even in this season where we didn't know how, God has continued to be good. And what I wanted to do for our church was, um, you know, I've had such an opportunity to be encouraged by some of the pastors of our church. By the way, for some of you who are brand new, I know we have people watching our church now who had never even heard of Journey Church International eight weeks ago. And the only three faces you've seen for a month are myself and Ken and Lauren uh, leading worship. Pastor Mike uh, leads our family ministry, birth through really college right now. Pastor Ryan leads all of our connections ministry. So if you're watching and you're pretty new and you say, man, I'd like to, I think I'd like to be a part of Journey. If you live in Kansas City, or even if you don't, Pastor Ryan is the person you want to connect with to do that. Pastor Scott is our executive pastor and he oversees all of our global mo missions and uh, local outreach. Um, these are the guys that, that pour into me and, and that are my first call, my first text, anything, uh, anytime something goes wrong. So I wanted to bring them in just so they could minister to you guys today. And guys, the questions that I have for you. So we've been in this series called The Waiting Room. And we've learned from the Apostle Paul um, that we're not confined to this season. We're called to this season. There's purpose in it. We've learned from Noah that even when we don't know what the end is, we, we can worship any, we can choose at the beginning to worship anyway. Uh, we've learned from Moses. We, we might not know what's next. We can always know who's near. We learned last week from Elijah um, that we need to be close enough to God to hear him whisper and that we have to be close to community if we're going to make it through 
and out of really, really tough seasons. As we look at what Jesus taught us today, my question for you is, um, as you look back through the waiting room, what, what person in this waiting room series and what fact in this waiting room series like really, really grabbed your heart? And bachelor number one, I'll begin with you. Um, we'll, we'll start with Mike. Mike, when you think back through the series, what in this season spiritually is just going to kind of hang on to your heart? Yeah, I remember the first message you preached on this waiting room series. You kind of looked through the lens of the Apostle Paul, and you asked a question towards the end of your message that was this. It was, how is God going to use this for good? How are you going to let this time make a difference in your life? And you listed all those different wins, you know, uh, emotional wins, spiritual wins, right. project wins. We are winning there. My <laughs> wife is killing it in project wins. She just makes me stay inside the house, and they do the projects. But anyway, um, but the one that really jumped out at me when you walked through that list was family wins. And uh, just to maybe give you, a re- give you a picture of why, a couple of weeks before you shared that, uh, my oldest son, Andy, who's 24, um, had been spending the last two years serving um, the world, really, in the nation of Peru. And we, we got a picture of him, right? Your, your win is, yeah, my we've win not is been confined, we've, we've been called, learning from the Apostle Paul, right, um, and there is Andy at Machu Picchu, at one Machu of the Picchu. wonders of the world right yes. now. unbelievable. Isn't that cool? So anyway, Andy um, was at a conference. He'd been there for two years, and at that point, and he was scheduled to come home in June. He was at a conference uh, the second week of March in Lima, about eight hours from the village where he was living at the time. And that's really when the coronavirus accelerated and spiked, and the Peace Corps made a decision uh, to take every volunteer, every staff member around the world and bring them home bring them back to the United States. And so Andy had all his stuff. Actually, his passport was still in the village. They had to go to the embassy and get passports. And it was a really traumatic thing for Andy and all of those people to be kind of evacuated from the country. I mean, by bus, they were escorted at the airport by the police to their airplane. It was one of the last planes that actually left Peru internationally. And so yeah, it was a really traumatic experience for him. And when he got home, um, we were all home too. <laughs> you know, right. it wasn't like Mindy was in school and Wendy was at work. We were all home too. And one of the things that the Lord really uh, whispered to me about was, Mike, you're not just confined to home, but you're called to home. And one of the reasons right. I'm called to home so is to help Andy transition back. And if he was sitting right here where Ryan is right now, he would tell you, I asked him for permission to share the story. And um, he would he would say to the congregation, he would say to the church, um, it made all the difference for me, for him uh, yeah. to have his family home, to help him process, to help him kind of figure out how to do life back in America and all of that. So God really used, has used and continues to use this time. So let me ask you a, re- a reversed God size question, yeah. right? Cause 2020, I mean, hindsight's always 2020. If, um, if eight weeks ago, God would have come to you and Wendy and your family and said, you've got two options. You can keep your normal life going crazy busy but your son is going to be sent home and he's going to sit at home hour after hour all by himself. But you, you get to go to work or you're going to have to shut everything down because he's coming home and you need him. Which one would you have chosen? Option B, no doubt. Yeah. No question. So when we look back, there are things in our life when we look back that we're like, I, I not only was I not confined, I was called. I would have chose, if given the option, I would have chosen, right? Like if, if given the option, I would have chosen what we are going through now that I see how God is using it, which is just so, so powerful. And I think I could put hundreds, if not thousands of people up in our church who have a similar story, who have learned from the Apostle Paul and then moving forward, uh, man, I thought I was confined, but really 
we've been called to something much, much greater. Um, Ryan, how, how about you? As you look through the waiting room, what we've learned, what you've experienced, what have, what have you heard to be true and then experienced to be true spiritually? Well, the second uh, sermon series, or the second one that you talked about was Noah. And, you know, that was just to worship anyway, regardless of what the outcome, right? He chose right. at the, at the, the beginning. beginning. He chose right. at the beginning to decide to worship. And so, as I really thought about that, that whole story ministered to me, ministered to my family. I thought about it, you know, uh, Noah ahead of time planned. We see in Genesis 7, he, he, he planned to worship beforehand, and then he was obedient. Right. Right at the end, um, as soon as they got off the boat, they built an altar and they worshiped. And everything that he knew, was gone. Like everything he knew was gone. Now, what was also interesting, if you've listened to the Activate podcast, you uh, remember that in this series, you taught us all what a lament is. Mm-hmm. You taught us that it's, it's a what, dessert at a French restaurant. Yeah, yeah. When you, or, yeah it's, it's the dessert at, at the end of the meal is yeah. a, a lament. Yeah. So we got a nice laugh out of that. Yeah. But there were so many great lessons about that, right? We, how to biblically complain. Right. We actually prayed at the beginning about right. this, how to do so in a way that honors God, but is desperate. Right. It says, I don't know what's going on. So everything Noah knew was gone. And I thought about it. Many of the people that have been watching, things that were usual, right? We kind of talked about the kingdoms that we set up. Some of the things that we were just so used to, whether we loved them or not, it was the norm. We, at times we, we worshiped them because it, it ruled our world. And then my heart went out, you know, from kind of a personal basis. We both have seniors. You know, I'm sure there's many moms and dads and, and, and teens who are, who are yeah. watching. And life's been different for them. And yeah. I've been so proud of my daughter, Hannah. Um, you know, when, when she found out it wasn't going to be the same going back to school, and then will they graduate? Will they ever get to see their friends in person? But her attitude from the very beginning has been to just trust God to, to essentially worship anyways. If you got a right. chance to tune in and watch Student Impact this last right. week, I got to see my daughter worship with such a pure heart. She's using her gifts. She's using her heart in the midst of this. And I'm, I'm just really proud of her. She, for our home, has set an example. You know, at, at night we might say, give us your high-low buffalo. And she's not been complaining. She's not been like, life stinks. She has, it, 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 it's a bummer, but She's choosing to really worship in the midst of it, which I'm glad she's going off to school, hopefully in the fall, to, to learn how to, to be a worship leader because she just wants to honor God in everything. So it's been really great to see that, um, and I'm really proud of her. You know, we, so we started this um, service today with lament, right? I mean, so I, so I needed what you just said because I don't think sitting in this chair right now I have chosen to worship anyway regarding camp and vacation Bible school. I'm not, I mean, I'm not there yet. And, and I mean, like God, as you were talking, God told me, you're not, you're not there yet. Um, and, I'm, and I'm working through that lament. And some of you are not there yet, but we've got to know that that's a goal, that on the other, that on the other side of this thing, um, we're going to worship because we trust. And, you know, maybe in August we'll look back like Mike did and we'll say, Hey, if in August we were given the choice, or in November we were given the choice, go to camp or help these 30 families, of course we would have chosen in 2020 we need to help these 30 families. But it's a hard perspective to have, and that's a great reminder. You really wrestle through this in the, in the podcast as well. You give a great thing. Is this good for me? Yeah. Do I trust God? Is it, is it good for Journey Church International? 
Yeah. So uh, I know Pastor Scott probably talk a little bit about that, but it's it's great to if you want to tune in and wa- and, and listen and or watch the podcast, you'll you'll see some more unpacking of that that was really helpful for me as I as I was processing it. Yeah, I am. So for the for those of you tuned into this service, I'm I'm leading in a little bit of um, I don't I don't want to call it bitterness towards God, but I'm I'm leading in a little bit of bitterness in spirit um, because my heart is broken over what's happening and I can't see the end result yet. But I you know I've got to I got to keep remembering I don't know what's coming next. I, I can I can know who's near. Um, Scott, as as we work through, um, I know already that's one you've been processing through is. As you've worked through this eight weeks, um, you know, as, as our executive pastor on March 11th, you are making finance decisions on behalf of our church. Um, you're forecasting and saying we got to stop spending right now, so so that our people don't feel pressure. Um, and I know, you know, being able to come through the month of April and have more money given than spent, um, what a what a relief that is. So we can look at May and say, okay, just do ministry rather than cut ministry. We can look at June and say do ministry rather than cut ministry. But as you've gone through this process in the last eight weeks, what's the thing that's kind of planted itself in your heart? Yeah, so I, I find great comfort in routine and in my own timeline. So what I've found through the season is is um, that's really been a, a security for me. And really, I've, there's been times where I place my dependence on my schedule and my routine yeah. more than I have my dependence on God. And so this really began for me on, on March 12th. Uh, that was a Thursday night. I took my son to what would have been his last soccer practice for a season. Um, I thought, I'll go get some groceries while, you know, while he's practicing. So I, I went out, and this was kind of right before social distancing. It was Things were starting to break loose, but nothing had really happened yet. Right. I didn't think that the stores would already be empty, um, yeah. and, or the shelves would already be empty, and, and they were. I went in trying to find some meat. There was no meat. Um, I wanted to hoard toilet paper, but I couldn't find any toilet paper. Um, and I really began what I would call it an unhealthy hoarding habit, if I'm really honest and, yeah. and open. Um, I began kind of every week hoarding stuff at the grocery store just because, and it wasn't because I was afraid of going hungry. It's because I was afraid that I wouldn't have what I wanted when I needed it mm. on my timetable. Mm. And so I, I, mean, I, I went through kind of this season of, of going to the grocery store. My wife was afraid to get out to go to the grocery store, so I went every week. Um, and I remember being in the Psalms. So as we were going through uh, the first uh, couple weeks of this, we were going through the Psalms. And as I would read the Psalms, there was a theme every day, um, especially, you know, David's Psalms that he'd write. He'd write and basically start off with some kind of a complaint. For David, it was, my ar- their armies against me are multiplying. Um, God, are you aware of this? Kind of a, hey, right. just in case you're not looking, God, right. um, are you aware? And then he would eventually find his confidence in God. Then he'd sing a little bit. So I'd sing a little bit, too, in, in my time. But... Um, <laughs> He, he makes some songs, and then he would basically say, okay, um, I'm safe in God. God's in control, and he'd, he'd use that to strengthen his next situation. That was kind of a theme, and I'd re- read through the Psalms, and I would, I'd feel pretty good, you know, thinking just through the day-to-day, whether I'm processing stuff as, for the church, just thinking right. through um, the season that we're in and the decisions we need to make. I felt really at peace with that. I tell you what, on Fridays when I go to the grocery store, yeah, I didn't feel that peace. And I, I would go through, I mean, seasons of just hoarding, um, and I would, you know, just stuff would accumulate in my fridge. And so when uh, we were talking about Moses that week, you know, the, the message about Moses, I began to think about manna hmm. and the season of manna. And, um, you know, God provided manna for 40 years. Um, every day he would provide manna. And the key was you couldn't, you couldn't pick up or you had to pick up right. what you needed for the day. Right. If you picked up more than that, right. it would spoil. And he had to trust every day that 
that God is going to provide the next day. And then you do that for six days, and on the sixth day you'd pick up extra because you you would keep that on the Sabbath and it would stay good through there. But I thought, man, if I lived then, I'd have been the one who had to clean out my my cave every day to get rid of all the the rotten manna. Um, And I would clean out my fridge. So I I got to the point where after about four weeks, there'd be so much stuff in my fridge that I'd come back and have to clean out stuff to put stuff in. I'm like, what am I doing? Um, I was the guy who... We had so many eggs in my fridge that my kids were the ones that were coloring Easter eggs when, when the people couldn't find eggs on the shelf. So um, for me, I, I began to realize a, a lack in dependency and trust, yeah. to be real honest. And so um, I've learned to kind of process and look at my routine and, and try to find areas yeah. that where I'm not necessarily trusting God. Um, right. Because I want my timetable over what his timetable is. Right. And, that, you know, today we talk a whole lot about um, not rushing God. Right. And we, we don't know what's next. We do know who's near, but we also know who's in charge. You know, I mean, Ryan, thinking, thinking back to your point too, what's been happening in this is our, our kingdoms have been falling. We, we find comfort in our kingdoms. We find comfort in our schedules and our jobs and our friends and our routines. Um, the kingdoms are falling, but the king is still standing. And I think what some are finding in this season is that our kingdoms maybe we're blocking our view from the king. The king who is over the kingdoms somehow got placed behind the kingdoms and we couldn't see him. And that that is that is the spiritual battle that, that Satan wants us to lose, that he wanted Jesus to lose in, in today's study of Jesus in the wilderness. And it's the one he wants you to lose. We closed our Easter service by reminding you that Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back and we have to be ready. I want to close today's service in a very, in a very similar statement, but a different mindset because we closed our text today in Luke 4, 13. It says, when the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until you have your Bibles open. You need to circle that word until, until an opportune time. See, Jesus is coming back, but so is Satan. And if you have withstood the temptations of the first eight weeks, good job, but he's coming back. If you have gone from hoarding mentality to trusting mentality, good job, but he's coming back. If you've gone from disappointment to watching your kids inspire you, good job, but he's coming back. If you went into this situation feeling like you were confined to your home, but then realized you were being called to your son, good job, but he's coming back. And if this season teaches us anything, it teaches us the three lessons that Jesus teaches us today. Don't rush God's timetable. When you don't know when, you do know who. Don't rush God's timetable. Trust, 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 trust. If Jesus would have performed everything Satan asked him to do right then, he would have proven those three things, but we'd have never heard the Sermon on the Mount. We would have never known that Jesus reached out and touched people who were sinful. We would have never known that Jesus loved to eat at people's homes who didn't really know God that deeply. We would have never understood the heart of Jesus and watched him pray. We would have known three big things about Jesus, but not everything else that's been so important. So don't rush God's timetable. Recognize your kingdoms. Look around and realize, man, before this season, I think these were the things, you know, they weren't idols that I prayed to, but my life, my money, my time, showed that that's what I worshiped. They were the most worthwhile things in my life. Those kingdoms had to fall so I could see the king. And trust God. Believe that he's good, even when you can't prove it. Jesus said, listen, he'll prove it when he's ready and he'll vindicate my trust in him. Trust God. 
because he will vindicate your trust in him if you will just one day at a time keep trusting and realize realize the spiritual battle because just like jesus is coming back satan is coming back and if you can be ready for him you can be stronger on the other side of this season than you were as you went into it we're going to close today by praying but here's what we're going to pray one two goals today if you don't know jesus that today you'd open up your heart and say yes to him two if you do know jesus that you would learn the power of waiting we've been in a five-week series the waiting room today we've learned more than ever before don't rush god's timetable learn the power of waiting if you need to surrender your heart to that today do that now would you bow your heads and pray with me right where you are heads are bowed eyes are closed but hearts are open if you're listening today and you don't know jesus your first step always your first step spiritually is to surrender your heart to the one who surrendered his life for you if you don't know jesus personally but god today is saying i love you i want to be in relationship with you I will forgive your past. I'll be with you in your present. I will direct your future. One day you can be with me in eternity. If you feel God whispering that to your heart, you say, yes, I want that. You have to open up your heart and your hands to grab onto a relationship with Jesus. If you've never done that, you can do that by praying today. Scripture says, with the heart you believe, your soul is convinced, and then with the mouth you pray. If you don't know what to pray, I'll pray a prayer that you can just repeat after me. You don't have to say it out loud. You can pray it from your heart right where you are in your living room, in your car, in your bedroom today, in your basement, on your back deck. Just pray this prayer. Just say this, Jesus. Just right where you are, just say this, Jesus, I need you. Forgive me of my past. Be with me in my present direct my future give me eternity with you when I die today Jesus I repent of trying to live life on my own I want to turn from being in charge of my own life to giving you leadership of my life today by faith which means I don't understand it all but I feel like you're telling my soul to trust it all today by faith I say yes to Jesus forgive my past, enter my present, direct my future. Let me be with you in eternity one day when I leave this world. If you just prayed that prayer and made that decision, today is the best day of your life. We want to tell you in just a minute how you can connect with us so we can pray for you, answer any questions, and guide you as you begin to follow Jesus. But if you're listening today and you're a Christian, maybe lamenting, you're a Christian who wants God to hurry it up a little bit, you're a Christian who has a hard time seeing the king because the kingdoms have gotten too big. You're a Christian who used to believe in the goodness of God, but now you want him to prove it. Surrender today to God's timeline. Lay down, let all the kingdoms that you've built up in your life blocking your view of God, let those fall. And trust that God will vindicate your belief in him by proving his goodness at some point in your future. If you need to surrender any of those things, would you do that today? Right where you are in prayer, would you just say, God, forgive me for trying to hurry up the timetable. Teach me what I could only learn in this season. Repent, tell God, God, I've let the kingdoms of youth sports, I've let the kingdoms of my job, I've let the kingdoms of my golf game, I've let the kingdoms of the lake house, God, I've let the kingdoms of my, my education, my pursuit of money and things get bigger than the king. Forgive me as those have fallen more clearly see you now if you want God to vindicate your trust just ask him God at some point in the future 
I trust that you're good. I want you to prove to everyone else that trust is worth it. Just ask God to do that for you. God, thank you for allowing us in a little bit of time this morning to quarantine with Jesus. Thank you for Pastor Mike and Pastor Ryan and Pastor Scott sharing how what they learned became not a truth in their head, but an experience in their life that taught their heart scripture can be trusted. Thank you for those who may not have known Jesus who today said yes and gave their life to him. And God, thank you for the lessons that Jesus taught us today. Let us remember them forever. Prove them to be true as we continue to walk through this season. God, be with our church as we continue to do services in May, online only. Lord, we know one day you're going to bring us together, not to sit in the same room, but to be together, to serve one another, to love one another, to comfort one another, to care for one another, to be able to pray for one another, to hug one another, to shake hands. God, we know one day we'll be together. We don't know when that's going to be, but we trust that you do in between in and out. Lord, that you're going to make us more like Jesus. That's our trust. God, we ask you to, to fill us with your spirit until you can one day again fill this building with your people. God, we love you. And we ask all these things today in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen and amen.